Thank you all so much. It's great to worship the Lord wherever we are, whether we're in our homes or whether we're in a building together, and it's great to be led in that worship. So thank you all very much. Appreciate that. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you again and and we worship your name because you are worthy of that worship. Lord, I also ask that you would open our minds, Father, open our hearts that we might hear from you today. We just commit this time to you. We commit uh, this opportunity to hear from your word and, and again to hear from you. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you had a, a good Thanksgiving. I know that uh, for many of you this was an unusual Thanksgiving. Maybe you weren't able to gather with family as you normally do. Some were unable to travel and, and some were just unable to gather because of uh, concerns, of course, with COVID. The fact that so many people did not get together with family this year reminded me of the very first time that I was not home for Thanksgiving at my parents' home. Really, I was creating a new home. I had moved to Raleigh, North Carolina just a a little while before Thanksgiving. And so two friends came down to celebrate Thanksgiving with me. Of course, we had never made a Thanksgiving meal before, but we figured we could handle it. And so uh, we kind of divvied up tasks and we began the process. And and we had, I mean, we had a full meal, all the side dishes and, and certainly the the turkey and the rolls and all those things that make Thanksgiving uh, dinners wonderful. Uh, the person that we've kind of put in charge of cooking the turkey had never done that before. Of course, none of us had either. But she read the directions and prepared the turkey, put it in the oven. You know, we, we waited for a few hours as, as you normally would. And we went and we looked at the turkey and it, it didn't look like it was really getting very brown at all. So we turned the oven up a little bit and we thought, well, you know, it'll, 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 it'll get there. A couple hours later, we looked again, and boy, it was way whiter than it was golden brown, and so we turned it up a little more. We waited a couple more hours, and, but we also started to prepare the rest of the food because, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to eat. So we, we worked on all the other food as we're kind of watching the turkey, and it just really wasn't cooking. We kept turning it up a little, up a little. Finally, it came time for us to eat, and so we took the turkey out, and what we did was we really just carved about a half an inch or so of meat off the outside edge of the turkey because we could tell if we got any any deeper than that it wasn't cooked and uh, we had our we had our meal and, and it tasted fine I'll just say this um, let's just say the next day we discovered that it's not really that good of an idea to eat uncooked turkey okay we'll just leave it at that and we'll just say that that meal did not go as planned uh, at all now, I do need to say that the person who was cooking the turkey, again, as I said, had, had read the instructions. As, as I was talking to my mother later in the day, what, what we discovered was what the person had looked at and read as the temperature to set the oven to was actually the temperature that the turkey, the internal temperature of the turkey was supposed to be when it was done. So again, the turkey, the turkey just wasn't cooked. But I, I want to say that Grace and I have been to that couple's home many times. She's an amazing cook. We've had many wonderful meals. Just that one didn't go as planned. And, and as I thought of that story, and that's been told many times, but not for a long time, actually, I, I realized that that's kind of been true for this Thanksgiving. It didn't go as planned. And really, we could say that's been true of, t- of the entire year for 2020, right? It hasn't gone as we planned. I'm certain that's been true for... Uh, many of you. Uh, you've experienced things that we just never thought we'd experience this year. It's been an unusual year. And, and perhaps because of that, I, I want to talk this morning about being thankful. 
Certainly it's, it's a time of year that hopefully we pause to do that. I know in my own life, I need to take time away to focus on the things for which I'm thankful. Because if not, I sort of can get busy doing things and I, and I don't take that time. And I find myself not being thankful at times. Often when I do that, I focus on the things that God has done for me. That God has done for all believers. But, but a few weeks ago I was doing that and, and I really felt like rather than focusing on what God has done for me, what he has accomplished for believers, I wanted to just focus on who he was. And so I began to look in, in scripture and, and look at some of his characteristics, some of his, his traits, if you will. And I discovered things that certainly many of them I knew, but kind of in a new way I focused on them and was able to just be so thankful for who God is. And this morning, in fact, I want us to, to look at who God is. I want to share four attributes with you this morning that, will, that I hope will cause us, as we look to see who God is, it will cause us to praise him. It will cause us very much to be thankful. The first attribute I want to share is, is found in Matthew 5.48. It says very simply, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Perfect means without flaw. God is perfect in every way. He's flawless in everything he does and everything that he says. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all his ways are just. And in John 17, 17, Jesus, he's praying to God the Father. And he says this, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus doesn't say, your word is true. He says your word is truth. The truth is that Jesus equated God's word and, and now his written word, the Bible, which we have, as, as absolute truth. Since the Bible is God's word, we know we can trust God. We can also trust then his word. We can stake our lives on it because the, the word of a person who is perfect is also perfect. Not just the person, but everything that they say. Again, everything that they do. So, so why is it important, though, that God is perfect? Why, why should that make us thankful? Think about it. We, certainly, we know that we are not perfect, right? But God is. The truth is, everyone that we know is imperfect. That's the truth. Everywhere we look, we see imperfection. Certainly, we see beauty in the world. We see good in the world, that, that's absolutely true, but the Bible makes clear, and our own experience makes clear, that the world we live in is broken, it's fallen, it's imperfect. But God is perfect, and I'm so thankful uh, that he is. Because really it means he lacks nothing. There's nothing lacking in him. I'm also thankful because I can judge others by his perfect standard. In fact, if it wasn't for God being perfect, we, we would really have no standard to judge right and wrong. How would we know what that was? But because he is perfect, we can not only judge others, we can judge ourselves. And we come to realize that we are imperfect. We don't meet that standard of perfection either. Because he's perfect, his plans are perfect even when they might not seem like it to us at times in our lives. Since he's perfect, he never gets distracted. Think about it. He never gets frustrated. He's always perfectly patient. He always has proper perspective. It means he's completely reliable all the time, 100%. It also means that he's 
faithful. We sung about that this morning, actually. And, and that's the next attribute that I want to talk about, God's faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The perfect, the perfect faithfulness of God means that he remains the same, no matter circumstances or human behavior. God remains the same. Listen to these powerful words found in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. These words show clearly that if God said it, he'll do it. If he declares it to be so, it is so. I, I, I was looking for a way to describe God's faithfulness and how important it is in our lives. And I, I began to look and, and see what other people said about his faithfulness. And I came across a quote from uh, really a, a theologian and author from the early 1900s. His name is A.W. Pink. And he says this, in all his relations with his people, God is faithful. He may be safely relied upon. No one ever trusted him in vain. We find this precious truth expressed almost everywhere in the scriptures, for his people need to know that faithfulness is an essential part of the divine character. This is the basis of our confidence in him. The fact that God is faithful means he never forgets to do anything, that he never fails to do anything that he sets out to do, that he never takes back a promise. He is faithful. It's certainly important for us, I, I think, to, to acknowledge that sometimes we don't see how his plans demonstrate his faithfulness in our lives. That's why sometimes we, we hear people ask, or perhaps you've asked yourself, why would God let this happen? Why would God allow someone to, to be injured or get sick or to die? It's, it's an important question. It's a, it's a fair question to ask. And I want to encourage you to, to talk about it if you're, if you're in that situation in your life. Talk about it with your friends and maybe with a pastor. Certainly talk about it with God through prayer. God can handle those kinds of questions, absolutely. In those moments when we find ourselves asking that question or something like it, it's important for us to remember Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Paul says this, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Paul's saying currently that's kind of how we see things. But then he says, then we shall see face to face. Then when God's plan is fully revealed, we'll see face to face. Now, Paul says, I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. This verse helps us recognize that we have limited understanding, don't we? We have limited knowledge. But in the midst of those difficult situations, when we're, we're wondering about God's plan, we have to remember that God is faithful and place our trust in him. Man, I'm so thankful that he's faithful. Think with me for a moment about the fact that God is faithful. How does that impact your view of him? How does it impact your life? For me, when, when I read a promise in his word and I, I know that he's faithful, I know he's never going to break that promise. He'll always do what he says. He'll always be 100% reliable. And I'm so thankful that even when I don't follow through on something I say I'm going to do, 
I don't have to wonder if God's going to follow through on something he said he would do. Another way of putting that very clearly is, I'm glad that I know God is faithful even when I am not faithful. It's so important, so important to my, in my life. The fact that he is faithful also means I can trust the truth of the gospel. And that's so important because when I, when I look at my own life, man, I can see my sin. I can see my imperfection so clearly. And so I am so thankful that God is faithful to keep the promise of his gospel, that I'm forgiven, that I'm set free, that I'm no longer guilty. And that makes me praise him when I think of those things. Attribute number three this morning. We're going to look at uh, Malachi, verse six of chapter three, very clearly. This is God speaking through the prophet Malachi. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. God never changes. He has never changed. He never will change. What was true about him yesterday will be true about him tomorrow and for all eternity. That means we can depend on him and on what we find written in his word. The truth is there's really nothing stable in this world. Everything is changing. You know, even I, I tried to think of what, what in the world is, is very stable. And you think of like a mountain or a mountain range. And you think, well, it, it doesn't change. That mountain doesn't change, but it does. We know that. Over time, with erosion, as water flows across it, different things happen. It changes. Certainly, we, when we look at our own lives, when we look at our own physical bodies, things change. We kind of grow up, and then we grow old, right? We are constantly changing. The truth is, everything, everything in the world is changing. But there is someone who is not changing, who never changes. God does not change. And that I'm so thankful for that. You know, the truth is, in order for us to find stability, we have to look beyond the creation, beyond the created order, and look to the creator. He's the only one who does not change. James 1.7 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And it just makes me praise God. I'm so thankful that he doesn't change. Think about, think about that concept for a moment. God will never be stronger than he is right now. He will also never be weaker than he is right now. God will never learn anything because he already knows all there is to know. He, he, will, never grain, he will never gain greater insight because he already has perfect knowledge. Really, his, his knowledge, his wisdom will never increase, but it will also never diminish. He will not change. In fact, really, he's incapable of change. So how does that understanding, how does that view of him, how does that understanding impact your view, right, of, of who he is? How does it impact your life? For me, I can answer that question by, by saying this. I know that God is stable, and therefore, he's really the only foundation upon which I can build my life. As the old hymn says, many of you know the hymn that says, On Christ the solid rock I'll stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Before I was a believer, I really looked for lots of different 
foundations, if you will, lots of different things to, to live for, to, to build a foundation of my life on. And I looked at popularity, and I, and I looked for, at people and, and, and pleasure and, and money, and they all left me feeling empty, really no contentment in my life. And, and what I discovered is it's because the foundation that, that I built upon was unstable. It was, in fact, like sinking sand always moving. How much popularity was enough? How much money was enough? But God was then and is now and forever will be the only one upon which we can build because he is the only one who is stable, unchanging, and he provides that foundation. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that he called out to me and and, and saved me. The last attribute that I want to discuss this morning is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Really what this verse is saying is that everything God is and everything he does, love permeates that. Love shows through in everything God is and everything God does. A.W. Tozer was an an author and and a Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor for many years. And he said this, Nothing God ever does or ever did or ever will do is separate from the love of God. So what that means really is that everything God has ever done, he's done out of love. At the core of all these other attributes is the unwavering truth of God's love. And and the truth is, he's displayed that throughout all of known history. Think about it. And when Adam and Eve sinned and they had to leave the garden, he lovingly provided clothing for them. When the Israelites over and over and over again rebelled against him, rebelled against him, he lovingly, because of his love, he kept his covenant with them. Certainly the greatest display of of God's love was when he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us that we might have life. The the truth of that gospel, it's it's, it's contained right in a verse that's so familiar to to all of us, John 3.16. But if you're like me, sometimes the familiarity of it robs me of the awe that I should feel when I read it. I mean, that verse says, for God so loved the world He loved all the people in the world that he sent his son. He didn't have to, but he chose to because of love. He sent his son so that whoever believes in him would have life, eternal life. And they would escape punishment and they would not perish. That's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Have you heard that before? I hope you have. But so, so often, at least for me, we hear it so many times that I, I lose the significance of it. And God reminded me of that this week, the significance of that verse. We also see that Jesus' love and how he loved people was on display throughout his life as well. He healed people. He didn't, he didn't request anything from them. He could have asked them to pay something. He, he could have asked them to ask in a certain way. He just healed them because he loved them. He also showed amazing humility to to his disciples, to the crowd, even to those who hated him, even though we know that he was the king of kings. 
And, and I think not only did he display his love by, by hanging on the cross and dying for us, but while he was on the cross, he actually prayed that those who had put him there would be forgiven. That's amazing love. Amazing love. I'm so thankful we have a God who loves. And he loves those, not those who deserve it, because the truth is none of us deserve it. He loves, period. He loves us. He doesn't love some more than others. He doesn't show favoritism. His love is never dependent on our behavior. We can't earn it. He gives it to us. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that he's loving because, as I've already expressed, it's his love that makes forgiveness possible. Forgiveness. Life. We are all sentenced to death. Spiritual death. But God offers us spiritual life for all eternity through his son. It's awesome. It's not just that God chooses to love you and me. He's really compelled by his nature to love. It's who he is at his core. And of course, think about the other attributes we've talked about. What this means is that God loves you perfectly. He loves you faithfully. He loves you. And that will never change. That's what's true this morning. So how does that impact your life? For me, as I've already talked about, without God's love, man, I I don't know where I'd be. I I just don't know. I don't even know if I'd be alive this morning, to be honest with you. But because of his love, I have a life that has purpose, that has hope. And I can share that message of hope with others. Because of his love. You know, his love also gives me a standard by which I can judge whether I am loving other people properly or not. Am I loving them in a way that is selfless? Am I loving them in a way that is is humble? Am I loving them in a way that it just doesn't matter what their response is? Certainly, I nor anyone will love perfectly like God does, but it shows me when I do that, when I use his love as a standard, I can see where I need to grow in, in loving other people. And with God's help, I'm able to do that. Isn't it awesome that we have a God who loves us all the time? One of the things that's difficult about speaking virtually is, you know, I don't, I don't know who's watching. But the truth is, even if I did, I, I don't know many of your stories and, and, and so what I want to say this morning is, I don't, know, I don't know what kind of parents you had. Maybe you had parents who were loving and demonstrated that consistently. That's awesome. You should praise God for that. Maybe you had parents that, that really didn't demonstrate love uh, effectively. Maybe you had parents that were absent emotionally or physically. Again, I don't know your story. I also don't know uh, if you might be married or if you were married, maybe you had a spouse who, again, demonstrated love to you in, in a way that, that was consistent. It was caring, and, and you knew that that person loved you. But maybe you had a spouse, or you do now, that, that doesn't do that, doesn't communicate love effectively. Maybe you, have, you had a spouse who, who deserted you, who didn't want to be with you any longer, who wanted, in the end, to cause you hurt and pain. I don't know your story. But I do know that no matter your story, there's a God 
who loves you. He loves you perfectly. He loves you faithfully. And his love for you will never change. That's what we discover when we look to see who God is. Lots of other attributes, absolutely, that we could talk about this morning. But, but God led me to those four. That's what I wanted to share with you. I'm so thankful that we have a loving God. A loving God. I certainly understand this, as I've talked about this year already, you know, the, the uncertainty of the times in which we live puts tremendous stress on many of us. 2020 has been, again, a year that was uh, nothing like we planned. Just like, you know, the turkey experience I, I talked about at the beginning. Not like we planned. The truth is, we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. We don't. Actually, the truth is, we never know what tomorrow is going to hold. But the uncertainty of things is, is more evident, I think, right now, today, than, than often it is. But in spite of those things, and, and perhaps because of those things, I wanted us to, to focus this morning on who God is. And my prayer is that as you think about these attributes, as you ponder who God is, you will be overwhelmed. You will be in awe. You will be amazed at who he is. And it will cause you to be thankful. And it will cause you to give him praise. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. A God who loves us perfectly, faithfully. A God who will never change. A God who is almighty, who is holy. Father, we thank you. A God who is, is present everywhere, all the time. Who will never leave us. Thank you for the truth, God, we find in your word about who you are. I ask this morning that you, through your Holy Spirit, would speak to us about who you are and about what that means then in our lives. And Lord, I pray that it would cause us, yes, to be amazed, yes, to be in awe, to be humbled, but would also cause us to be thankful for who you are. Lord, I ask it in the mighty name of our Savior, the mighty name of your Son who you sent on our behalf. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please, next week, do the same. Pastor Joe will be beginning a series uh, about Jesus' incarnation, God's incarnation, and that will become uh, the beginning of our Christmas December series. Look forward to seeing you next week.